Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. To market, to market, to buy a fat pig. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. To market, to market, to buy a fat hog. Home again, home again, jiggity jog. To market, to market, to buy a plum bun. Home again, home again, market is done. I am returned and bearing one of my trusty old bottles of Arak. Oh. My goodness, Master Tavernkeeper, you seem to be in uh, good spirits all of a sudden. Ah, indeed. In good spirits and also bearing good spirits. Och, so it seems. But uh, what's this rack then? It's not a drink that I know of. Aye, I'd have been surprised if you did. I actually picked this up in the city of El Calabad, in the Gulf of Medes. Off the southern coast of Araby. Oh, yeah. And uh, what sort of place is that then? What? Have you not heard the name of mighty El Calabad? Mm, no, no. It is not within my ken of knowledge, I'm afraid. I am an old worlder, through and through, and uh, a little fuzzy when it comes to all but there. A handful of places further afield. Ah, I see. Well, that is fair enough. Acknowledging your own limitations is the first step in moving beyond them. Allow me to illuminate you. Ancient El Calabad is the seat of the Sultan of the South and one of those rare cities in Araby that has an uneclipsed lineage back to the dark times following the fall of Nehekara and the War of Death when Arkan the Black attempted to suppress and destroy the tribes of Araby. El Calabad was, in point of fact, the linchpin of resistance to the undead threat at the time, and ensured the coastal cities of Araby never fell. Perhaps uh, we shall talk more of the War of Death one day, but uh, not today. In more recent times, during the 15-year reign of the sorcerer Jafar, who unified Araby back in 1435, the Sultan of El Calabad stood apart from the other cities and, rather than either supporting or resisting Jafar's all-conquering Sultanate of Araby and their skaven allies, he instead proclaimed himself the King of the Gulf of Medes and Independent. A neutral party, if you like, although with the possibility of being an ally left dangling like a carrot in front of Jafar's face. Jafar then went on to conquer the rest of the country before, under the influence of the whispers of his verminous allies, he invaded Astalia to the north. After the invasion of Astalia was broken on the very rocks of our own Tambaro here, the retaliatory crusade of the Knights of the Old World fell upon the Sultanate of Jafar, 
like starving wolves on exhausted sheep. This was the moment that the Sultan of El Kalabad struck, pinning his loyalties to the throne of the old regime at Al Haik and leaving Jafar without an ally, doomed to the fate he had wrought for himself. After the war, the great Sultan of Al Haik and the leaders of the Crusade agreed to a treaty with the throne of Araby granting them two territories on the shores of the Gulf of Medes, up from which sprung the city of Sudenberg, near the uh, freshwater springs discovered by Ibn Jalaba many years earlier as happens, and ruled over by nobles from the empire. And also there sprung up the crusader city of Antok, ruled over by sun-crazed knights from Bretonia. The Sultan, in this way, hoped to weaken the power of El Kalabad by putting enemies on its doorstep. But, uh, you see, it was a flawed idea. To the Sultan's surprise, and despite their inherent differences, the three cities became allies and fought together against the undead of Nehekara. In this way, they secured and enriched the gulf. Thus, in the present day, El Calabad is a hugely influential city, an economic powerhouse that exploits its position in the gulf to extort tribute from all the merchant ships that pass through its waters, and every vessel that plies the trade route to Cathay and Ind and back again must pass this way. Thus, it is most lucrative, and also why I have happened to visit the city on numerous occasions. As a result of this two-way trade, riches without measure, arcane, archaic and rare, can be found in the bazaars and fortified emporiums that flank the keys of each port in the city. All of this money flowing in means that the Sultan of Medes is... Uh, Sickeningly rich, his treasure chambers full beyond meaning, the gold coin piled so high as to be uncountable, and putting the gold hordes of many a dragon to shame. But uh, why must all the boats stop at El Calibad? Surely they could simply sail on by. Well, the reason for that would be the maritime might of the Sultan's fleet, and the skill of the men and women that sail upon his boats. Such is its dominance and the fear it instills that, in addition to being an ally to both of the two crusader cities, a plethora of other cities have also sworn their allegiance to El Calabad, making the Sultan easily one of the most powerful men in all of Araby and a presence to be reckoned with on both the high seas and all the way down to the Cape of the Southlands itself. Some say his fleet may even rival the piratical slaver fleets of La Chique, which is saying something. Ugh, so what about this drink then? Are we ever gonna get a glassful? What the heck is this anyway? Ah, yes, sorry. Well, the invention of 
Iraq. It goes back to the time of the 12th century, around the time that um, Ibn Jalaba was born, by the way. Iraq is a strong liquor, let's say. Much like uh, the uh, aqua vita that they drink here. Or your uh, whiskey that you're drinking old uh, Albion. Ach, in that case, you've sold it to me. Give us a glass. No, 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 no. Wait a cock. Let me just finish. Patience is a virtue, don't you know, my old friend? Ach. Well, it is fortunate that we've had some uh, snow overnight. Neophytes, I want some of you to uh, go find some icicles. Break them up and put the chunks in this here glass bowl. But first, Cedric, as you're so eager, you go ahead and please fill up this warmed pitcher with some snow and set it down by the hearth. I'll, uh, I'll wait. everyone. You don't need much, say about uh, a finger of Iraq. And uh, Cedric, has some of that snow melted in the pitcher already? Ach, it surely has. Excellent. Well, but about two fingers worth in my glass and a couple of chunks of icicle. Now everyone, have a good look. You should be able to see that the uh, formerly clear Iraq has now turned a translucent milky white colour. This is called louching and it is now ready to drink. All right everyone, off you go. Is everyone ready? Good. In that case, beviamo alla nostra. this getting us uh, mere mortals right off our faces in no time whatsoever. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I concur. By the gods, this is pure veal grease and unfit for human consumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you might be right. It looks like the neophytes too are uh, likewise struggling. <coughs> Right, well, I think that's enough for fun and games. Let us now turn our attention to what we were meant to be talking about all along. Casabar, as it exists today, under the uh, foot of the Arabians. It is no longer the engine of industry it once was during the, uh, the reign of Nagash. Rather now, it is more like Bagar once was, a centre of commerce and trade. What changed, you may ask? Well, for the moment, let us say that the city fell into ruin. I will tell you how when we get to the war against Nagash. But uh, irrespective of this, these ruins were settled by the Arabians many years later. 
As the years stretched out to decades, the Arabians rebuilt, restored, and reinvigorated the dead city, breathing life into its old burnt bones, and in spite of the oppressive heat that fought against them every day, the buildings grew tall and the walls strong, as they needed to be. For Kazabar was surrounded by many threats. From the southern jungles, you had the lizardmen, forest goblins, albino skaven, and ape-like beastmen lurking in the jungle's depths. Whilst from the north and the east lay the ancient strongholds of the undead, the tomb kings. Oh, yeah, but uh, what are the people themselves like? Are they still uh, seven-foot-high monstrous men? Ah, no. As you'd expect in such uh, inhospitably hot conditions, the Arabians of Kasabar have deep, dark, black skin, much like many other nomadic tribes in the region, such as the uh, Athiopos and the Zemesi. All three, perhaps, descendants of refugees from lost Ebonia, uh, well, at least uh, that's what I'd like to think. But uh, who can say if that is true or not? Anyway, Kazabar is now most well known for two things. It's Academy of Medicine, attended by students from all over the world, even the Empire. And it's also known for its army. Of particular note, beyond its vast numbers that are... Uh, warriors is that uh, it is also filled by a legion of war elephants which are most numerous in that part of the world of course neophytes Kasabar is also known to us as the birthplace of why the explorer ibn jalaba of course indeed senior apprentice steiner but without giving too much away his uh, second expedition back in 1150 eventually led to a trade agreement with the lizardmen of Zlatlan and heralded a time of wealth and riches leading to Kasabar becoming one of the richest cities in all of Araby and a hub of trade and commerce even rivaling the capital al Haik. and like El Calabad during the Crusades, this city too remained independent from both Al-Hayik and Jafar, and thus was spared the full fury of the Crusaders. But there is a more insidious menace than mere mortal knights for the city, as the Tomb Kings were not the only threat left in the sands by Nagash, and one of the most famous tales told of modern Kasabar is that of the infamous Sheikh Abdul ben Lashid of Lost Bel Aliad, whose life, it is rumoured, ended in Kasabar. But before I uh, quickly tell you what is known of him, anyone for a uh, another shot of Iraq? Oh, uh, just me then. Ach, well, although I can drink and appreciate it, I'd, uh, I'd rather be drinking just about anything else, to be true. 
<laughs> That's a fair comment, I suppose. Well then. Apprentice Morelli, won't you uh, do us all a favour? Go grab another keg from behind the bar. I'm sure that'll uh, go down a treat with the rest of the uh, neophytes here.